This is Richard Patino, head men's basketball coach of the Mexico Lobos. This is episode 63 of the Talking Grammar podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and you're listening to what is now actually episode 64 of the Talking Grammar podcast. We decided to split up a uh, rather lengthy conversation we had recently with UNM Lobo head basketball coach Richard Patino, which was originally slated to be just episode 63. We split it up after the fact into two episodes. So this is episode 64, the second half of that conversation that we had with Richard Patino. And while episode one last week, kind of went over the uh, his offseason, went over last year's team, kind of did everything that built up towards what you guys can now expect from this coming season. Uh, we now are about to, in the resumption of this conversation with Richard Pitino, go over every player on the roster, what fans can expect. At the end, we actually have some, uh, some reader questions that I solicited on Twitter. And uh, again, if you have questions, if you have feedback for this show or any show, send it my way. On Twitter at Jeff Grammer, you can email me Jeff Grammer. I'm sorry, G Grammer at abqjournal.com, and uh, keep giving me show feedback, uh, story ideas, show ideas. And um, for this one, we are going to go from the walk-ons to the bench players to the expected or to the four Division One transfers that the team um, inherited. And then we're also going to finish up with uh, Jalen House, Jamal Mashburn Jr. What what can Coach say about them? Are we going to get more of the same from the two-star? all-conference guards, or, or is there something different that fans can expect this coming season? So a lot of really good content. I, I am appreciative of Richard Pertino for, for being gracious with his time and, and going player by player over his entire roster. I do hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, this is coming out every Tuesday. Next week, I'm hoping to have a Lobo player sit here and, and join us, and um, we're going to be doing this every single Tuesday as part of the Albuquerque Journal Podcast Network. Talking Grammar on Tuesdays, We've got another one I want to mention really quickly, Midweek Blitz. It's a high school football show that's coming out every Wednesday. I appreciate you guys for joining us and being a part of all this. For now, hope you guys enjoy the resumption of our conversation with UNM Lobo men's basketball coach, Richard Pitino. The best selection of used cars is at GarciaCars.com. Um, I, I will start since they're locals. Normally a whole lot of time isn't usually devoted to walk-ons. But you got two local walk-ons on this team. Uh, Shane Duma Sanchez from Del Norte High School. He's a player that, you know, people that have watched high school basketball around here thought could have gone on and played um, as a as a true freshman. Could have played at a at a college level somewhere. Maybe not been an instant impact guy at a at a program this this high or this level as a true freshman. But he is a guy that a lot of people expected to go get a scholarship and play somewhere. I'm curious what you think about Shane Dumas Sanchez's decision to come here and why he did it and how he might benefit from from who he's playing behind and with. But then the other walk on obviously the the more recently announced one former El Dorado player, Daraji Adbiosi is uh, am I getting that I don't right? No, I just call him Daraji. I don't Daraji, know. Um former El Dorado Eagle uh, has some Division One experience. You don't get a whole lot of Division One transfers who who you can make as a, or, or convert or I guess add as a walk on is is how I should say that. Um, talk a little bit about your two walk-ons who do have local ties. Yeah, for one, uh, if you're local and you're good enough to help our program, whether it's walk-on or scholarship um, athlete, we, we certainly are going to recruit you. Um, I think with Shane, you know, he, he's from here. Um, he could probably play D2 somewhere, maybe D3. Uh, but I told him, you can come with us, go against some of the best guards in the country, um, it's going to get you better. You love the game. He loves the game. 
Um, you know, so if you can, if you, the more kids you can get in your locker room that have a pride level of putting on that Lobo jersey and that other players see it, that's huge. If, if a guy like Shane's looking at his freshman year as a how can I become a more impactful player in two or three years, I mean, what better situation than the guards you guys have on your roster to, to have to go against and practice every day? Yeah, and, and again, you go back to the value of an education. If he does decide to stay here, he can get a New Mexico education. He's right. from here, which obviously that always helps in the community. Um, but also from a basketball standpoint, great. You're going to go learn against older guards. Um, I don't treat walk-ons differently than scholarship guys. They participate in every practice. They travel. They participate in every lift, individual instruction. Um, so he's going to get better. So um, very happy to have added him. Deraje has been uh, great as well. He, he was out for a little bit with a little uh, injury, but he started to practice and phenomenal athlete um, to get a walk on with his size and athleticism is rare, which I love. Uh, I think you ideally, if you can get a guard and a big walk on each year, that's perfect. Um, but I like them both. They're, they're great kids. Um, they're, you know, they're going to make our program better and, uh, and both from here, which is terrific. I'm not trying to burst any bubbles, but if both of them end up on the court, uh, in meaningful minutes this year, probably not a great sign though, right? You're going to go pretty darn or pretty deep on that depth chart. If, if your walk-ons are getting minutes. Or it's really good. Or it's really good because they're playing very well. Uh, You know, I think both guys, I've kind of explained to them what the situation is. And and as I said, I mean, if they do, they're they're a part of the team for sure. Not everybody can play. Uh, You know, one of the best exercises coaches can do is ask all the players how many minutes you want to play. And uh, then you add up all the minutes. And And you've done that, haven't you? Oh, every year I do it. I'll do it here soon. And I always, what I always do is I bring them in and I say, okay, give me your starting lineup. It's almost always different. Um, it almost always includes them. And then I say, how many minutes you want to play? How many points you want to average? And I said, well, okay, we'd probably average 250 points per game. Um, we don't have the amount. So I think they understand it. Really, the families don't understand it. Yeah. Um, and we all, I just went to a uh, volleyball, sixth grade volleyball parents meeting the other day. And I just, I just laugh at these uh, these coaches because they're saying it in a nice way, but basically telling these parents, don't ruin my experience. This isn't my full-time job. I'm not getting paid money. I'm just doing it because I love coaching, uh, but we all deal with it. On the other hand, you do. it is your full-time job, so everybody can yell at you all they want. Yeah, and I can ignore get an, them easily And get annoyed well. by the local media, the no, reporters. No, I mean, it it's comes with the deal. It's it's either they, either they care and they're crazy or they don't care. I'd rather they care. Let's move on to the freshmen. You got two really good ones. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about how you can't wait on freshmen to develop anymore, but you obviously have to have them in the recruiting mix if you want. You know, the, the, the ideal situation is to hit on some freshmen down the road. If you hit on them their freshman year, that's great. But you, you got to mix the, the transfers and the, the D1 transfers with freshmen. The two you got this year, True Washington and Jaden Toppin, but he does go by JT. Um, I, have you ever heard anybody call him Jaden, or does he ever call no, himself Jaden? JT. Yeah, so Lobo fans, it is JT Toppin um, and True Washington. These are two freshmen that, again, I I look at the rest of your roster we're going to go through, and like it's going to be hard for freshmen to break through on this roster. It's also, at the same time, I've seen both of them play enough now that even in my uneducated eyes, I don't know how these two freshmen won't get on the court. These guys are, yeah. you, you kind of hit with two pretty good freshmen here. Yeah, I, I made the comment that somebody got mad at me, and I said it, it's it's one of the best recruiting classes in the history of the program, and, and that is per the rankings. Yeah. Uh, now, 
do I think they'll be the best players in Lobo basketball history? No, I'm not saying that, but I, there's not been many four-star recruits, top 100 kids that have signed to Lobos. Um, I'm sure there's been a handful of them. Yep. Does that does that mean they're going to be all-conference guys, NBA players? No, it doesn't. Um, but I think with those two guys, I we're all still trying to figure it out. I think adding one or two a year would be great. Um, but the problem is I think everybody's okay freshman year to not play a lot. But sophomore year, they need to feel um, – they better see where they're going. Like, they, they better they, see a direction and see a place in this program for them, or they're going to leave. Um, I thought last year was perfect. Donovan Dent played 25 minutes a game. I don't know what he played. Uh, had a good year. Um, I think he's going to be a terrific player. Braden and Q uh, redshirted, so obviously they weren't going to play. Now we got to see where they're at, and I'm sure if they don't like the direction of it, who knows? I hope they stick it out. I love them all. Um, true... JT's been very impressive. Um, I think we all know what we got with True. JT, big guys, you just never, ever know what you're going to get. But he has been extremely impressive. I think they're both going to be terrific players. In the old days, I think, oh, my goodness, we got these four-year guys. You just never, ever know. So hopefully this year um, we can fulfill kind of what their needs are. They can help the team, and we continue to grow uh, with the program. You mentioned the two guys last year that were freshmen last year and um, didn't get a lot of minutes. I know Braden at least played some before his, his thumb uh, injury, but basically Quentin Webb and um, and uh, Braden Applehans, and I'm going to throw Sebastian Forsling into this grouping uh, to ask you for comment on. Those three guys are, are returning players, but basically were returning bench guys or, or redshirt. Um, what do you expect out of, out of those three in any order you want? Yeah, so I looked at when KJ left, I really liked KJ, but I didn't love how small we were. Um, And, you know, when KJ and I spoke and he left, I said, well, okay, we need somebody bigger to replace him. Um, And Braden, I think, could be that guy. Now, Braden, the key to Braden is his body getting stronger. And he's put on weight for sure. Braden can really, really shoot. He is, I don't know, 6'7". you guys so, have him listed at 6'7", 195. Yeah. So I think I think the next two months, if he can kind of solidify that body, uh, and he's never going to be, that's not going to be his body type by any means, but to where you know he can physically play. Um, I like his game a lot. High basketball IQ, really shoots it, very, very skilled. Um, so he's impressed me. He's had a really good summer and fall. Uh, Quentin Webb obviously didn't play at all. We made the decision to redshirt him. I love Quentin. Um, yeah, he didn't turn 18 until I want to say like December <laughs> or something like that. I think it was. Um, he was a young freshman too, yeah. not just a freshman, but you get prep school guys that come in as 19-year-old freshmen sometime. He came in as a 17-year-old freshman. Yeah, yeah. and um, he, he's got so much upside. Now, will he stay patient? Um, you know, will he continue to believe? I think he will. He, he's that type of kid. He's got all substance as a human being. I mean, he, he is just phenomenal. Um Great athlete, uh, probably more of a 4-3 than a 3-4. Working his butt off, his body looks amazing. Uh, You know, so it'll be fun to see kind of where they find their role, those two guys. Uh, And then obviously Sebastian. Sebastian has been, he was thrown into the fire freshman year, started a bunch of games. I, 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 you know, I'm not sure he was ready for that. We were necessarily ready for that. But plays so hard. 
I want to see him make a jump now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think uh, I think he wants that as well. Uh, it's a matter of him getting in the best shape of his life. Last summer was clunky for him. He went overseas, then he got hurt. Um, it kept it kind of kept happening every two, yeah, three, four weeks. Seemed like something sick. new. Um, you know, so for him, it's how do you now play like that veteran junior? Um, but I, I, I think he's um, a great member of our program, and he's. Uh, you know, he's got a high basketball IQ. Let's see if we can put that to work within our offense. He's a guy, obviously, as you know, the fans are certainly rooting for. He's He he became a fan favorite from day one, even when he, before he was playing that freshman year because of how he ran. He was the lead cheerleader on the bench, basically, and, and fans eat that kind of stuff up. They and love it's, it. not, it's, it's not an act. That's, yeah, it's pretty that's the way he is, yeah, and yeah. it's special to see. You had mentioned um, the next guy I want to go to talk about um you'd mentioned him earlier because in this transfer portal world even with you kind of acknowledging you're okay with the one-time transfer a guy like donovan dent came in last year mr california uh came from a top program in the country uh kind of any questions people had about him probably were answered last year now you didn't probably didn't blow up as some people might have thought he would blow up but he showed what he can become and that was what you guys had hoped i would think He, he got he he showed he's going to be a pretty good he can be a pretty good division 1 guard. He had every opportunity probably to leave this offseason and go to a program and said he stayed knowing that Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn Jr are still on this roster and and his minutes are going to be affected. I am going to bring up a, a tweet that just today um John Rostein, everyone's favorite college basketball Twitter um, account besides my own, of course. He is um, you, yeah. Yeah, uh, New York guy, right? Or Boston guy. He's no, a New he's, York guy. Yeah, he's not a Boston guy like you. Under the radar breakout guy, New Mexico's Donovan Dent. Um, so John Rothstein's on board with uh, pointing out that he thinks Donovan Dent's about to break out. The The obvious thing I would say to, to John's tweet is a lot of Lobo fans and, and myself in the media that saw him play last year, yeah, he looks like a guy that could break out. But he does still have those two guys in front of him. What role do you see Donovan Dent having this year? Um, can he break out with those other two guys still on the roster? And uh, what was his expectation coming into this year? Does Were promises made, hey, Donovan, stick around, and you're going to get a lot more minutes? Anything like that? Never had a conversation about it. Um, not once. Uh, I'm not a big promise guy. I'm a, I'm a tell you where I think you'll fit in. And, and what I always tell these guys, make me play you. Make, make me figure it out. Um, you know, make me when you're off the court say God, we got to get him back in the game, and maybe we got to go three guards. Maybe we got to put him somewhere. I don't know. Like I'll figure it out. I'll figure out a way to play the best players. Um, so never had a conversation with Donovan about it. That's what I hate about the transfer stuff is not that you're wrong in saying it because it's the fact that they're being asked this every single you know off season. You could leave. Are you coming back? Um, you know, I, and not really just being asked by people that are curious, being told by people who think they know better than no doubt than the kid, the coach, the family, no doubt. And and it's just part of the deal. Um, you know, I remember last year. I think you asked Mash, "Are you coming back?" I'm like, "Where are you going?" There's nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, but it's everybody's dealing with it, and they're hearing it all the time. Um, Donovan and I, I, I've told Donovan from day one. I think you are the. The future of this program, um, I think it probably shook him a little bit when Wyoming was guarding him the way that they guarded him last year. Yeah. And I think that was a light bulb moment for him of, all right, I got to 
nobody can guard me like that. And uh, you can. And it was. A, I mean, it was, for people that don't remember how Wyoming guarded him, like it's maybe a little disrespectful. Like they they didn't respect uh, his oh ability goodness, to was, shoot. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they dared him, and and I I think maturity wise, as you get older, more confident, like not going to affect him as much anymore he's not a great shooter but he's not a bad shooter um and he'll get better you know donovan wins us the saint mary's game that was one of the best wins uh of the season um he had moments defensively underrated blocking shots long now it's it's i told him this the other day i'm like it's up to you man like are you gonna make me play three guards are you gonna make me play jalen less or whatever like I'd love to see it happen, yeah. um, but it's on him, and and I think he's ready for it. He, another terrific kid. He, along with Braden and, and Quinton, were the three freshmen um, that I had fun with writing about, and and I think fans liked when they they heard about it. But those three freshmen came into their first college experience and lived with that fifth year senior Morrissey Daisy, and they were the four of them were roommates, and they had a twenty four year old. Uh, 23, 24-year-old Morris Daisy kind of watching after them a little bit, which is a cool dynamic. I, it wasn't necessarily intentional, if I remember correctly, but uh, ended up being kind of a, a pretty cool thing that if you can pair an, a veteran guy and, and yeah. some freshmen, that that ended up working out pretty well, I would think. Yeah, you don't always hit on it. You know, I mean, you try to figure it out, and it never – it doesn't always work, yeah. but that one certainly worked. Uncle Mo, as they yeah. called him. Quentin was who told me that. Quentin's the guy who told me – yeah, we call him Uncle Mo at home, and, and Uncle Mo was in charge of the remote. So, <laughs> the uh, newcomers in this transfer portal era, again, you guys reloaded because of the transfer portal. So these four guys that I'm going to mention now, and we will go kind of one by one on them, are four Division One players played. At, they didn't just play. It wasn't. It wasn't like they weren't getting minutes somewhere. Like these guys all were big time contributors and starters at their previous stop. I want to. I want to start with Nelly Junior Joseph. He's not Morrissey Daisy, but he is going to be what I would guess. Um, certainly in the mix to be the starting five on this year's uh, roster. Tell me uh, a little something about Nelly Junior Joseph. Um, wherever he's coming from, I don't think he got coached up very well. Uh, so um, you're, you're going to you have. Did you know my dad is Rick Patino? Your dad's yes, Rick Patino, yeah. the coach. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Oh. Um, Nelly is. I think we're Nelly. I think we have to realize how good Morris was. Uh, right. You know, different Mor- roles too, though. Yeah, Morris was. I don't want to say unstoppable in the post, but if we would have finished, obviously we didn't, but if we had won the league or finished top two or three, you could have made a case that Morris could have been player of the year. Um, That's how good of a year he had. It's always different with guards. It's almost like the NBA. They're more marketable, et cetera. They all get more attention. Uh, Morris had a terrific year. We're hoping Nelly, obviously, we had envisioned maybe moving Josiah to the five, um, I thought that probably would have been more fitting. He has ball skills to play the four, but just the shooting part of it. Um, well, now Nelly is going to have to be the elder statesman, um, you know, because Sebastian, although he's older now, hasn't played a lot. Right. Uh, JT's young. We need we need uh, Nelly to be that physical. I mean, he's really, really strong, really strong. Um, he's probably a better – Morris is not a great shot blocker. Uh, Morris's idea of defense was just not to foul. That's what I used to tell him. Like, you didn't foul. That's something. You can't play uh, if you're in foul trouble. Yeah. And he learned that, I think, in game one, he got foul trouble real quick and not much after that. And, and Mo was notorious for being in foul trouble at Wichita. That was Mo's problem was Mo didn't play a lot because he was always in foul trouble. Um, Nelly is, you know, obviously I've watched him play a lot because I watched as many Iona games as I could. 
Um, he's a grown man. He, he's a guy who can play against a San Diego State who has 10 of them um, and uh, can battle physically with them. Nelly Jr. Joseph, and in look, I, I mean, I know I won't ask you to comment specifically on this part of it, but I know San Diego State did recruit him. He is exactly what San Diego State seemed to bring in the past decade, 12, 15 yeah. years. Nelly Jr. Joseph is the kind of player that San Diego State recruited for the past 15 years. Yeah, and that's I've got so much respect for San Diego State because they've got continuity. And that's the key for us is that we have an identity of what we recruit. And I'm sure Nelly saw what Morris's experience was and said, you know what, I like that. And I'm sure all those San Diego State guys see that. Um, so we expect, you know, an immediate impact with him. Um, will he be as good down low as Morris? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, free throw shooting is something with Nelly that's got to be a little bit better than yeah. what it's been. Um, but we certainly feel like we added a good one and another great kid. Mustafa Mzeel played for his home country in the World University Games this summer. Um, you guys had, I think, three guys uh, leave the country, right? Uh, Nelly, Mustafa, and um, and Sebastian all play for kind of their home countries in, in some capacity. Uh, let's go to Mustafa Mzeel, the, the Dayton transfer. What what can you tell us about, about Mustafa's game? Well, he obviously didn't lift a lot of weights because he dropped a 60-pound dumbbell on his foot the other day and missed like uh, three practices. But he's back, and he's good, and we knock on wood, nothing happened. You know everyone's going to be scared by you even saying he's back and good. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's good. He's good. But I, I told Matt Flores, our strength coach, I'm like, they're not allowed to get hurt in the weight room. <laughs> um, I, I like him a lot. Um, he's my typical – Four three. He's got size. He's probably six nine. Um, can shoot skilled. Um, you know, he could play the three. Do I envision that? Probably not. Um, but very very skilled and another older guy, which is great. So I'll get to know him more as the season goes on. Uh, my fear fear is not the right word, but my my critique of him would be: Is he going to be a guy that just resides at the three-point line? Is he going to be willing to mix it up a little bit inside? You guys may go four out. You guys may go small and, and all that kind of stuff. But he—if you're playing the four, you better get inside some. You better rebound yeah. some. Is he a guy that has shown that? Well, that he can I, do that? I, I think uh, I look back at SMU at SMU and Josiah and Morris. The way they were playing together was a beautiful thing to see. I talked to uh, Rob Lanier, who's a good friend of mine, who's the head coach there. We worked together, and I asked him. We were talking scheduling about a team in their league, and I said, uh, "Were they are they like us? And he goes, well, when we played you, I thought you were going to win the national championship. <laughs> um, so those two bigs were working together and running and rebounding and uh, great. Where Mustafa's just a different type of player. Uh, his rebounding certainly – you're losing Josiah, who was a right. I mean, he was like Dennis Rodman on the glass, the way he'd go after and, the ball. And Lobo fans do need to understand Mo and Josiah going out the door, um, you may replace them and they may you guys may just be fine, but they're gonna be different. Yeah. They're not Mo and Josiah left. You you didn't replace them with, with uh replicas. No, and um you know, the way that we played offensively last year, although we led the conference in points, I didn't love a lot of it. You know, I I, I like more spacing, a little bit more ball movement, which we know we got to get better at. I do think more shooting. Um, it's amazing. We average 81 points per game with the lack of threes that we that we shot and yeah. made. Uh, but that's personnel-driven. Josiah was not a three-point shooter. Morris was not a three-point shooter. And Javante wasn't finding a lot of them. Certainly not in the first half of the year. No. Yeah. So offensively different, but our offense, although at times – 
may frustrate you, our offense was plenty good enough. The defense is what needs to substantially get better. Um, and so hopefully these older guys will bring that to the table. Isaac Mashill is a guy, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, that um, you look at what he did there, and I know it was a smaller league. I get that. Um, but but the rebounding numbers, he averaged a double-double, I believe. Um, he's a guy that like you just look at his numbers. I don't know how he stays off the court either. You're going to have too many too many guys to start. You can only start five at a time. But um, tell me a little something about how Isaac uh, got here and, and what you've seen since he's been here. Yeah, he, he's a, another just – all substance as a human being. I mean, somebody you'll you'll love to get to know and speak to. Uh, always a smile on his face. I get in at about 7.45 every day, and he's in the gym. And I say hello to him. He's shooting around. Then he comes in and says good morning to me. I'm always like, oh, God, is, what, why is he coming to my office? Yeah, no, the player no, comes to the coach's yeah, no, office. Like, well, you're already upset about something. Just says good morning. Uh, big smile. Um, very, he, comes into your, uh, he comes into your office to make sure there's a – a face-to-face kind of good morning. Every morning. And every morning, see, my office is designed. I can hear who's opening the door, and I'm like, oh, God, who is that? Is it Eddie? Who is it? Who's coming in my office? <laughs> um, and it, 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 it's always him. Right, right after the workout, just says good morning, doesn't want anything, uh, which I love. It's awesome. Um, very good mover. Uh, very good quick to the ball. Um, obviously, the rebounding number is great. Um, you know, shooting has got to improve. He's got to get more comfortable there. Um, but just relentless with his attack and another guy just all the good part about our old guys is they all play old and that's what this team needs. Uh, they just got kind of a, they're very, very experienced with the way that they play. Jamal Baker Jr. A guy that, speaking um, of old, yeah, speaking of old, that that's a good transition mm-hmm. to Jamal Baker Jr. Who's, um, I, I want to say set, is it seventh year, um, mm-hmm. in, in college basketball, a lot of circumstances there that led to that, obviously, uh, He's a guy that's played at Arizona, played at Kentucky, played at Fresno State, is where a lot of Mountain West fans and New Mexico fans may remember most recently. He's a guy that, just seen a couple summer workouts with you guys, I, I saw him play at Fresno State. I saw him in person. Um, I, I did all that. I didn't watch as much film as you, obviously. But like when he got here and I saw him on the court, he, he looked different to me. He looks like a guy that not only can play that three, and, and I had some questions. If you're going to Jamal Baker Jr., are you guys and he's playing the three, you guys are still going to be playing small. No, he, he looks a lot bigger than, yeah. than I guess I realized. He, he's a guy that impressed me in just a couple of really short glimpses. He's also a guy that I think and, and I hope to have on this show, um, on this podcast soon, he, he, he's, he's a great – he has a good story to tell, and he tells it well, I think. Yeah, he, he's similar to Morris in a lot of ways, yeah. uh, personality-wise. Just – uh, veteran, uh, you love being around him. I could legitimately play him at four different positions, and he would not miss a beat. Um, I have played him. We've only practiced five times, um, but I have played him at the one, two, three. I've not played him at the four yet, but I'm envisioning maybe trying it. See what it looks like. Um, just knows how to play. We just play so different offensively than Fresno State, um, where I wasn't sure what I was going to get either. Elite passer. I mean, phenomenal really? passer. Maybe the best passer on the team. Uh, Donovan's a terrific passer as well. Um, the key to him is just staying healthy. Yeah. Uh, when he's healthy, and last year he was, he's going to be. He's going to make an impact. Uh, so I am. Uh, he's been. You hate to say one guy, but he's been impressive so far. And he's he's lost a lot of weight, but there's just a uh, there's a level of maturity to him that you love to see. 
these last two guys all lump in together while they are the stars of the team and the people everybody looks at and will will lead off like national articles about about this Lobo basketball team. I'll, I'll lump them together because here people already know their story. Jalen House, Jamal Mashburn Jr. are the two guards that have, have kind of led this uh, rebuild for you guys. And I'm curious how their offseason has been and and. Should we expect something different? Should Is it okay to say we expect more of the same out of them? I think people always get caught up in what will they do differently. Well, they were pretty good as they were. Yeah. So are, are they going to be different or are they going to be more of the same? Well, it's funny. So I, I pulled this up so I don't forget it. But Brad Stevens said freshmen want to play. Sophomores want to start. Juniors want to score. Seniors need to win. And Jalen House and MASH both had – phenomenal years if we were a little bit higher in the even if we were top three you could have probably argued both player of the year in the league was who i don't even remember who it was it was um the media poll had um tyson dagenhart and the coaches poll had i i want to say someone from san diego state matt bradley, must have been matt bradley right? so you could argue that both of them would have been players of the year um we don't have the year that we have without them what i told both of them is i said listen I don't know if you're pros, but I want you in the conversation at the end of the year. Now, MASH could come back for another year. Um, He doesn't approach living life like that. You know, he's a a one-day-at-a-time guy. But I want both of them to get their shot. Uh, It's hard to make the NBA. In order to do that, they have to play a certain way. And I'm not sure the way that they always play is necessarily that way. I think MASH knows he's got to get his assists up. Um... Jalen knows he's got to be more of a quarterback. But at the end of the day, those guys are elite scorers. Um, They are – got to let them go. But I just want their game to mature a little bit. Um, Not not a lot because they're two of the better cards in the country. Um, But my hope is – we both have we, we have a phenomenal year, and they both are in that conversation to get a chance at the next level. Rothstein did earlier this uh, offseason kind of have his Mountain West uh, breakdown, and, and he uh, picked Jamal Mashburn Jr. as the, the Mount, his predicted Mountain West Player of the Year. As you noted, both of them could be in the mix, and, and it's if they're both in the mix, you guys are going to be pretty good again, especially with these new guys. He, uh, embarrassing that I forgot this, but Omari Moore was I was going to say, I knew we were both yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean— I shouldn't have been wrong. Job, I expect yeah. it from you. But um, all right, there you go. There, There is the rundown of, of the Lobo basketball roster. I don't think I left anybody off there. I think we we went through it all, and I appreciate you for doing that. I know it's uh, – um, hopefully you don't have to do that a whole lot. Hopefully people listen to this. Um, but all of that is uh, why the expectations this year are, are, are pretty high. Um, you, again – you come here because the fans care. The fans aren't the only ones that are expecting you guys to be pretty good this year. With what San Diego State did, I expect them, and, and they've probably earned it too based on history and, and a pretty good roster still. They'll probably be the preseason number one. But I expect you guys in Boise State to be in the 2-3. I, I would say you guys would be 2, Boise State 3. But you guys in Boise State both have probably earned, in my mind, based on roster and what they've done historically, the uh, the 2-3 spots. and. That said, you guys are good enough, in my estimation, to be in contention for a Mountain West title this year. What do you think of when you say that? Obviously, you came here to win titles. You say you want to be in a league that you can win and a school that can win the league it's in. This is the year that you guys should be in that mix, that top three mix. Uh, is that something in a league that has sent four teams of the NCAA tournament the past year? So is that something that you guys are, are ready to embrace? Well, I, my hope is now, and I kind of said this before, like now that we got the train 
on the tracks. Let's go compete for championships. Very, very hard to win them. I'm not saying it's easy at all, uh, especially in our league, which from a basketball perspective, nobody knows what we are. Are we a, are we a high major? Are we mid-major? Like, I don't think we're a mid-major, but um, it's a terrific league. You got to win at home. We lost three at home last year, two obviously at the buzzer. You got to go steal some on the road. I thought we did that. We lost some close games. We, 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 you know, at Nevada, um, you know, certainly those things. But the beauty of our locker room now, there's a lot of guys, plus the guys we brought in who have played on the road and they understand what it takes to win. But um, it's, it is why I came here. Um, Minnesota, although I loved it, uh, hasn't won a lot of Big Ten titles. They won one, I think, in. 1997 with Clem Haskins that was vacated. And then I think the last one before that was 1982. I believe New Mexico is second in titles since the Mountain West was created. And I want to be in that conversation. I feel like our fans deserve it. I feel like the pit deserves it. I feel this community deserves it. And, um, you know, we we weren't ready for that in year one. I mean, that, that was such a rebuild. Um, but now let's go. Let's go after it uh, with a great level of humility and an understanding that it is hard to do. Um, and nobody's done it better, obviously, than San Diego State. But uh, you know, it, it's it's why I sacrificed to come down here, and I've loved it. I love living here, but I didn't know much about it. Um, but I want to go for it, and uh, hopefully, our guys feel the same way. Guarantee. Is that a guaranteed Mountain West title? <laughs> it was that I'm not a guarantee. Okay. No, no. Nope. We're going to put a bow on things right here. We're going to wrap this up again. I do want to thank you for your time for doing this, this relaunch of, of the podcast and, and spending so much time um, talking, putting up with me, basically, because I know how hard that is for you. Um, I did ask some readers on Twitter. Are you, I know you, I think you're on Twitter, right? Um, I am on Twitter. I do a are. little pause. Yeah. I'm, I'm pause. ready to shut it down, but I'm not going to shut it down just I yet. Know, I know how much you love social media. I hate um, social media. I think social media is the cause of so many problems in our world. I don't know why we all, we all need to band together and stop doing it. But we, it won't stop unless we all agree. We got to get the whole country together. Maybe on Twitter we can it. ask how many people want to join in on on stopping it and stopping social it. media would be a good way to get out to the, tell the to yeah. spread the message. <laughs> exactly. All right, I'm going to ask a couple reader sure. questions then we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to start with one that probably leads you to that opinion of social media. Um, I asked fans, uh, what do you want me to ask Patino in this podcast? Yes, has yes is how he starts. That's it. good. Yeah, yes. Has he learned how to get defense in basketball yet? <laughs> Have you learned how to get defense in I've basketball? I've learned yet? how to get defense in basketball. Yeah, absolutely. So, will there be defense in Lobo basketball this year? I hope so. Uh, I do think it's always fun to talk about offense, um, but defense is for sure where we got to show great improvement, and uh, it starts with me. Starts with our staff. Starts with the players having a commitment to it. So, uh, although as poorly worded as that tweet was grammatically, uh, it it it's that grammar was just as bad as our defense was last year. So, I think both need to improve. It's a fantastic transition to Lobo Lane from Zach Lane here. Will you talk about grammar and would getting a sponsorship from Grammarly work out? Um, I suppose that's not really so much for you, um, but we did. There you go, Zach. We did talk about grammar right there. We did, yes. Um, 505 Sports Venture Foundation, a big part of what's going on, obviously. Um, they actually, I imagine this has something to do because I looked up where these towns are, um, had something to do with Kurt Roth, but Weehawken or Canarsie style of Mambo. Does that mean anything to you? No. Yeah, I had to look it up. There's a, a Weehawken, is that New York? Um, there's a place in, in yeah, Brooklyn. I, I know Weehawken, yeah. yeah. So 
Anyway. Uh, that's obviously Kurt Roth. I'm guessing that's <laughs> Kurt Roth. Um, very few people listening, or well, I shouldn't say very few, but some people listening might know what we're talking about there, but we'll move on. Uh, we will say three of these are food-related, so I'm going to kind of lump these into one, although one one, one will stand alone. How does Coach make his perfect PB&J? Are you a pr- peanut butter and jelly guy? Do you do anything special do with I your... eat peanut butter and jelly? Yeah. No, I'm an adult, so I stopped eating peanut butter and jelly about 25 years ago. But I make them for my kids. Do you do anything special? Are you uh, cut them in triangles? Do you cut off I cut crust? Them in, uh, no, I cut them in half because that was a big deal with uh, my daughter, Zoe. Okay. Um, I, cut, I started doing triangle, and she freaked out on me. I keep the crust on it, um, but other than that, nothing. I don't toast it. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't toast peanut butter and jelly. You don't run the show at your house, do you? The kids do. Oh, for sure. There is zero discipline. When I'm in charge, there's no discipline. Nice. Yeah, it's great. I, I will say I'm I'm a little uncomfortable with Jack. You're you're so eight still eight? Is he Jack's or is he nine. is he nine now? Jack's um nine. eight uh when he did the NCAA tournament bracket with me and beat me. Yeah, and beat you. Um yes. I'm I'm a little uncomfortable with how comfortable he seems to be with talking trash to me as an eight-year-old and now a nine-year-old I, yeah not, he's not real i think he's part of the youtube generation yeah. and like um i go to his games and he starts doing all that i blame jalen house yeah. and i blame youtube for the way that he behaves on the court um but yeah that is that is part of the social media problem we're doing uh, i think he gets a little <laughs> bit of his uh, disdain for me from you yes that that's for sure all right two more food questions real quick uh it's time to get the real answer from patino red or green and then the other one, kind of related, since this is New Mexico, what's Coach Patino's favorite restaurant in Albuquerque? Have you have you settled in on a red or green? Are you still going to do the coach speak with Christmas? I'll, I'll go red. No, I, li- I like red, red? better okay. than green. Um, do you have a favorite restaurant? Someone either is about to get a, a, a good plug. Yes, or... I, I do. And uh, I'm trying to say, do I want to say it or not? But I like Antiquity. I think Antiquity is phenomenal. Um, Steve, who runs the show over there, great. I think, um, and this is a this is like I could go for hours on this conversation because I love restaurants yeah. and finding in the state. I think um, I think Indigo Crow would be two in okay. Corrales. I think it's terrific, and then I would go Farm and Table three. That would be wow. my top three. Check you, you did the answer the yes, question, named all three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> who is his favorite local sports media personality, and why isn't it Jeff Grammer? And that is a, a that is not mine. Oh man, there's so many media members I like more than you. Um, <laughs> I like them all. No, honestly, I mean I, you've all been great. Like it's unique. Media is is hard. Um, it was very hard in Minnesota. Media was the problem. Not not the problem in Minnesota, but just different challenges. It's a pro sports town. So and they have two papers. So there's a lot of kind of trying to rival each other a yeah. little bit. And um, the coverage is just you're treated like a pro sports team. Where I do feel, although I give you crap about it, I don't feel like we're ever really treated that way. And that doesn't mean don't hold us accountable by all means. Um, but there was times where that was definitely challenging in Minnesota. So I think the media has all been great. Um, I hope I'm good towards the media. I tried to uh, yeah. – Somewhat give you what you want without going too long. I'm not a big lengthy guy. I don't like the long press conferences and the long hour long podcasts. Uh, brutal, but we'll we'll do it for you. Last one, and I guess uh, this is so general. I could ask anybody at UNM this, but you know, just thoughts on conference realignment and and maybe what the best case scenario is. Is, is conference realignment entered into 
your role as a coach yet? And, and do you need to care about it yet? Or do you just need to let the dominoes kind of see where they fall and then kind of go from there? You know, I think the biggest thing we want, we want stability. Um, I feel as though we don't know where the pack four now, what, what that's all going to lead to. Um, but what I hope is that when you look at the Mountain West, you see, you see great stability in the situation. Um, football is driving everything. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to watch because we've seen so many people, higher-ups, kind of lecture us about what it's all about. It's all about money. And yeah. I've always known that. I mean, it is a business. Um, but it is inconceivable to me that Washington is going to go play at Rutgers. I don't know why we can't just have football, a football league, yeah. and then everybody else. Football charters anyway. Like when they're traveling. And they're playing once a week. And they play once a week. Yeah. I just, it, it, my heart breaks for these women's soccer who's not chartering. And they're I don't, I don't, twice a week and have to go across the country. Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't, I don't see how that's going to work. Uh, football is totally different. It's once a week. Now they're playing some games on weekdays, but almost every football team is chartering. Um, but again, it's, it's, I, I'm not trying to say like that I'm high and mighty, like this is a business and money is always the most important thing in a business. And that money is going to go back to a lot of good things. As we all know, uh, I, my hope for the mountain West is that we stabilize ourselves as the West coast option in recruiting. Yeah. Um, I do think our travel is great. Uh, I love our travel. I don't, the, not, nothing about it besides going to San Jose is really like a, and San Jose is not even a pain. Um, and I think that's great for everybody. So um, football drives it all. Um, money drives it all. Uh, so we'll see where it all goes. I don't, um, I don't worry about it as much as ADs and presidents do because I'm, I'm not in the conversation. Nobody's going to listen to me on it. He's Coach Richard Patino of the Lobo basketball team. I do appreciate your time on this for putting up with me for longer than I think you have all offseason. Um, I don't think you've you, you've you've responded to texts um, while you've been on family vacations that I didn't know about, and I would text you. So um, I do appreciate you responding to text, even though the tone isn't always um, something I approve of. <laughs> um, but I uh, appreciate you for coming on, and uh, thanks for thanks for joining us and sharing all those thoughts with the listeners. You got it. Thank you. All right, well, look, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, conversation with Richard Bettino. It was a two-parter. Hope you enjoyed last week's first part of the show. Hope you enjoyed the resumption of it um, in this episode 64 of the Talking Grammar podcast. Appreciate Richard Bettino for coming, joining us, and, and giving us so much of his time on this podcast. The relaunch of the Talking Grammar podcast. It's been, we went from April until now, September, uh, between episodes of this, but we are now a weekly show. Every Tuesday, join us, subscribe rate, all that stuff. We'll be right into your feed if you if you hit that subscribe on however you're listening, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're watching this on, on YouTube, subscribe. We will be in your feed before you even have to come look looking for us on this podcast. It is a part of a larger kind of move um, at the Albuquerque Journal, a digital move. Uh, probably long overdue digital move, but we're, we're getting there and this is part of it. The Albuquerque Journal Podcast Network with a weekly talking grammar show, a weekly high school football show, some more products to come along those lines. And while I hope you enjoyed this um, specific episode and Richard Patino joining us, 
I, I really hope you guys join along with giving us some feedback about future episodes as well. So the Talking Grammar podcast is back. I need your feedback at Jeff Grammar on Twitter, ggrammar at abqjournal.com on email. And for a little bit more on the vision and, and the move that the Albuquerque Journal is, is kind of undertaking right now, here's our editor, Patrick Etheridge. Thanks for listening to the Albuquerque Journal Podcast Network. I'm Patrick Etheridge, Executive Editor of the Albuquerque Journal. Since 1880, the Journal has been New Mexico's most trusted news source and the largest daily newspaper in the state. But we're so much more than that. We're a family-owned news company committed to serving our customers across numerous platforms. Sure, we still have a daily newspaper. We've got a number of active social media accounts and a digital news site that's updated 24-7. Our commitment to Albuquerque and all of New Mexico is to bring the news to you. Our podcast network is one more way that we deliver the news to you every day. Whether you read, hear, or watch, we've got you covered. We hope you'll check back often as we have a number of exciting new products rolling out in the near future. Until then, thanks again for listening. Have a great day. And remember, read, hear, watch.